Hello and good morning, everybody. Hi, my name is Rich Johnson. I was going to do an interview today about uh, a Hulk book. Oh, my God, dude. You've got your hands on a home run here. What does it feel like to be <laughs> in that kind of a moment? Oh, just fabulous. How about you? Well, <laughs> well, you know, one of the things that I've always loved about the Hulk as we jump into this is, is the fact that you, you were, you're working with two different characters at the same time. And as, yes. as a writer myself, it's like, how did he keep separation between church and state and understand that both of these characters have their own personality? Yeah, they do. And, you know, uh, you've seen the have you seen the book? The, the, it's a big art book, big Hulk art book. Huge, huge, huge. Yes. Yeah, that is part of the issue, I think, with writing the Hulk, because he is the monster, you know, but he's um, he's Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde with a little bit of a mice and men thrown in. To bring it forward like this, and especially when it, when it comes to, you know, with all the pictures, and, and I mean, we're talking about, listeners need to know, you went back to the origin. You, you've gone back to the soul of this story to bring it forward to us in this present moment. Yes, I have. Yeah, and the, the intent of these books... And there, there are currently three of them: Captain America, Spider-Man, and the Hulk. Is you know, you, you walk into a bookstore or a comic shop or a library, and you're faced with a wall of Marvel and DC books, and you don't know where to begin. Right. You don't know where to start. So this is, in, in many ways, a guide to help you get into the stories. So the the, the process we did to 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 put the book together was, you know, I do research um, to try to find out what are the most popular stories out there for each character i make a grid i share it with marvel they say yes to this no to that how about this one and then we actually kind of rank them according to what you need to know about the character for instance in the captain america book um it's ranked each chapter um it's private corporal sergeant captain so at the lowest level you need to know nothing about captain america in order to understand the story same with the hulk you know we try to make it the, the origin stories, the ones where you don't know need to know too much about continuity about the Hulk in order to get the story um, right up front so you can try to ease into it. Wow. For, for you to work this close with Marvel, I mean, to the continuity itself has got to be spot on because there's a lot of fans out here that'll call you out if something's not right. Oh, yeah. And, you know, the process for me is, you know, I had to go back and I had to read everything again or for the first time or for the first time, you know, and. Some of these stories are, you know, 12, 13 issues long or whatever. Um, some are shorter. So it's a, it's a real education in comics. Do you feel like that you're giving this book in, to the like, a, like Gen Xers and things? Because you're right, we don't know the history. And when people get into comic books, you know, oh, I like the pictures. I, I like the way this is designed here. But, man, there, there's more to this than the pictures. It's probably for the Gen Xers and the you know the millennials, but it's also for people who are older who have, are maybe lapsed fans. When, when I was right. at DC Comics, I was a, I was there for ten years. I was a VP. My job was to get graphic novels into bookstores and libraries where they ne never really existed, and I knew that there were people out there who weren't what they called the Wednesday Warriors who go into comic <laughs> shops every week to pick up their you know their stack of comic books. There are some people who just you know they, maybe they read as a kid. And they might walk by and go, oh, I read that story. Oh, I remember that, you know, or God, I, you know, I saw the movie. I want to read a Batman story or a Spider-Man story or, or whomever. And so it's for a wide variety of people. And it's also for a collector of, of, of Marvel books. If you love the artwork, you know, you're seeing it in a very different way. Yes. Here. You're seeing it bigger than it was on the page. You're seeing panels blown up. You're really seeing the detail of the incredible 
and, and a variety of artwork throughout the whole book. You know, what's interesting about this, Rich, is the fact that, with there, I mean, there's over 300 Hulk illustrations here. I can't keep my fingers off it because I feel like I have to touch it. Maybe it's because I did see it in a smaller form, but I just I just have to touch it. Yeah. So are you, you're a big Hulk fan, I, I assume. Well, I, once again, because of the TV show. I mean, that's where I fell in yeah. love with the Hulk. And then, I mean, then, then from there, it was like, you mean, you mean it's it's a comic book? Are you kidding me? Yeah. Oh my god! And so that opened up the door for me. Sure. And I hear that a lot from people that got in from the Bill Bixby TV show. So of the movie Hulks, which is your, which ones do you like? Do you like um, um, Eric Bana or um, Ed Norton or um, Mark Ruffalo? Mark Ruffalo to me has always been. First of all, I like him as a as a as a person. So to see him as 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 the Hulk, the thing is though, is that I, he evolves into this character, and it's like my God, I, I I can relate with it more only because I'm an artist as well, and I understand that, and I see his artistic side as as you know as Bruce. But at the same time though, to me they they all come together, and they have you know it's like all the different Batmans and all the different Supermans right. and things. It's right. it's like this this is a chapter in my life, and I think that's one of the reasons why I like. This, this verse world that they've created. All of them can be in one place now because they're, they're in their own little atmosphere. So, uh, so of the, um, I, have a, I do have a question for you. The, um, the versions of the Hulk where sometimes he is just Hulk smash and he just wants to go and destroy them, right? Right, right, right. Then there's the one where, because um, if you remember in the, in the very first episodes of the Hulk, very first comics, he, he only changed to the Hulk at night. Oh, wow. Yeah, during the day he was Bruce Banner. During the night he was the Hulk, kind of like, you know, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde kind of thing. Yeah. Or do you like the version more where they're two separate people, where the Hulk is a little more reasonable and actually Banner is out of control? There's one story in the book that's featured where Banner's on an island, sort of like the island of Dr. Moreau, where he's doing these experiments on, on other animals to turn them into Hulk-like creatures. And he's crazed. He's, he's nuts. Um, or do you like the combo platter where, you know, like with Mark Ruffalo, you know, you've got the you've got the brain inside the brawn. Yeah. Yeah. See, I like it when, when he gets mad. I mean, you know, I just I like his in this way, you know, he, he and, and the thing is, though, is that he, he becomes the Hulk when something gets in his way and, and nothing gets in his way after that. Once he's Hulk, he's on his way. So but I like all three of them in the way that first of all, I like I always like a mad scientist. I mean, that that's just that's just yeah, part, you sure. know, that's, you know, sci fi. So, I mean, that's what I love. And it's, and it's so hard to break it down without physically going okay look let's let's defrag this and let's let's see why do i really like this character and which one would be the best how do how do you keep them separated um i'm trying to remember you know think about which ones i really like i I, you know because because you know one of my things about the hulk is he's also a monster and usually in most monster stories the monster is not the main character if you think about frankenstein you don't see a lot of frankenstein in frankenstein Oh, you know, wow. in Science of the Lambs, you don't see Hannibal Lecter a whole lot or right. Buffalo Bill. So that's always been a tough balance. I kind of like when Banner is separate and struggling with what he what he's doing. Um, I also learned, you know, reading this, that he goes to a lot of diners in the Southwest when he travels. <laughs> he just wanders around. And something tells me that you personally have a set of those foam rubber Hulk cans somewhere in a closet. <laughs> I just have a feeling that you do. And you break them out once in a while when you're home alone and you you know, you know, you punch things. Oh my God. You know, if you if you could only see me when I go to a Goodwill and I see things like that from the Hulk, that there I call it the, the Hulk rescue program. And it's like, okay, you're going home. You're getting out of this Goodwill. You're going home. Yeah, yeah. 
Because, I mean, people, you know, it's it's like they'll buy things like this for their kids, but they don't respect it like they should. And and, and that's what I love about a book like this, is that it. this is why we respect this character. This is why I have to keep this book and give it to my grandchild. Sure. Oh, I mean, you know, there's being in the comic industry for, for so long, since 1997, and, you know, and all the books that I have, and even toys. I was always a toy guy. I love toys. Mm-hmm. And I used to collect them. And when I had kids, at some point, it's like, you don't really want to have to say, don't touch that. Those are daddy's toys because yep. you feel like a jerk. So, you know, at some point it's like, yeah, open it up and play with it. It's fine. Whoa. You know? Well, see, that's the reason why we always buy two of everything. And one of yeah. them is so that, you know, if you, if you want to touch it, you can touch it. But the other one has yeah. got to be put away. I mean, that's like, that's like with this new uh, Margot Robbie movie with Barbie, because we are collectors. You bet I got that Margot Robbie one. And but but don't touch yeah. it. Don't even, you know, it's, it's going in the closet where all the other Barbies yeah. are. Yeah, there's a, there's a guy at DC who famously collected Barbies. Yeah. He had tons of them, just tons of them. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, that's what my financial advisor said. He goes, he goes, you really want to invest in something? Invest in Barbies. And I went, what? He says, no, go to the real ones. You have to buy the expensive ones. Yeah, you do. Or the character ones. Yeah. You know, like, actually, in, in my office, my wife has... Um, the Tippy Hedron Barbie um, <laughs> from the birds. Oh my God. <laughs> it, it's cool. It's cool. Actually, the one doll's nothing to do with superheroes. I always regret not buying were um, these large with cloth costumes, young Frankenstein. Yeah. They were, they were amazing. Wow. So, so anyway, how long did it take you to put this book together? Because with all the research and all the reading, a lot of listeners and a lot of readers don't understand the time and the dedication that you've got to put into a process like this. Well, I do have a day job. And, you know, I, until recently, I also taught at um, Pace University in New York. Um, they're sort of publishing one on one course. It's it, it takes months. You yeah. know, the, you know, the first thing is to, to nail down. We have about we have 30 stories plus a, a MCU, a you know, movie section in each in each book. So first, you got to nail that down. And then I have to go through all the comics and literally with my iPad on Marvel Unlimited, um, take a, a screenshot of all the artwork I think would be good for the for the book. Yeah, I have to put it in a grid and then I send it out to the to the publisher and they send it to Marvel so they can pull the artwork for everything. Um, so that's the first step, and then I have to read everything. And I, I admit I bought something called the Moby Scribe that helps me with this. Moby Scribe is this like little tablet that you can you can write and it transposes your handwriting into real text. Nice, which saves a lot of time. You know, because you don't want to be going back and forth because sometimes I write as I read because I make notes what happens Mm -hmm. so I don't forget and have to go back and read 20 times. And then there's research because they will because of the continuity, they will reference something within the book. And I'm like, okay, I got to find out what that is. So I have to go back and find out what comic that was from and what happened so I can sort of explain it in the context of the story. Did you have a shock and awe moment? Something that really we were like, whoa, whoa, when did this come into play? My God. You know, I, I've always been a big, um, I'll give you two things. One of the, the more dramatic one was there's, there's one story in the book. It's a sequel to a Peter David story. Um, it's, it's an apocalyptic story. There's this little, you know, uh, old man wandering the earth alone. Um, and you find out he's the Hulk <laughs> and he just can't die. It's really sad. Um, but there's other there's a the author and an artist named Jeff Loeb and the artist is Tim Sale. I've always been a huge fan. They did a classic Batman tale called 
uh, The Long Halloween, which actually I know Christian Bale used a lot for the Dark Knight movies as a base, you know, sort of a source base. And they did a series of Marvel books. One was Captain America White, Spider-Man Blue, um, Daredevil Yellow, and Hulk Gray. And the Hulk Gray one is a real origin story, and it shows how he's in love with Betty Ross. And that's where the Of Mice and Men thing comes out, because he's sitting in the desert alone, and he's got a rabbit in his hand. I'm like, oh, my God, this really is. That was sort of an oh, God moment for me, a shocking moment. Like, I think, and I don't know if it's true or not, that, you know, Lee and Kirby might have had a little bit of Mice and Men in it. Okay. Because if you remember Mice and Men, it's this big, you know, sort of mentally challenged yep, guy yep. who didn't know his own strength. And he, he liked to, he liked soft things. He, he would carry a dead mouse in his pocket. And he dreamed about having a farm with rabbits because they're soft. So in the, in, in the Hulk Gray, he's holding a rabbit and petting it. And I'm like, that's a Mice and Men. <laughs> How many do you think uh, uh, readers or fans of the Hulk... Uh, as they were reading these and as they were growing up, they wrote their own little stories and then hid them away in boxes that maybe their family will find down the road. Because one of the things I've always loved about comic books is that we all think we can do it and we all write those stories, but then we quickly hide them. I'm sure a lot of people did. And a lot of people, I'm sure, just drew the Hulk. I mean, yeah. I used to draw, you know, Batman as a kid and the Hulk and Spider-Man and, you know, just doodling around. Um, I'm sure a lot of people did. Did you? Did um, you write I, I, or draw? Well, I tried to do the writing. I, I'm not. I'm not very good at drawing. So I would try to write the stories, and then, and then. But you know, you know, to me, when I was a kid, one page was like, "Oh, the book is done," and it's like, "No, dude, dude, you don't. No. You have no idea how long a story is." But, but no. yeah, and so it's and going through those tablets and things like that. It's like it's just like okay, there, there was an origin to to my writing, and so so it started off with. And I always tell people that it started off with comic books first, and then and then I was able to start telling stories. So who else did you read besides the Hulk? Oh my God, God I, the, I'll tell you where everything changed on me is when, when uh, I, as I was in, gotten into radio and I didn't understand what creativity does to the, to the imagination, is that Julia Cameron's The Artist Way changed everything. But, but for, for, you know, for, for kids and things like that, I, was, I, I grew more toward, it was like, uh, as, even though I loved great comics, I also started falling in love with music. So now I had to have my Rolling Stone. Sure. Now I had to have my guitar magazine. And, and so then it's like, okay, how about, how about a rock and roll superhero? And it's like, well, then, oh, now Kiss is doing it? Oh well, then I've got to go that route. I'll read those comic books, and and so it was. So there was. It was. I was. I was all over the place. Yeah, and there were still Kiss comics. Yes. I mean, you know, um, Gene Simmons will sell anything with the Kiss logo on it. <laughs> Don't you remember the Kiss coffin? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh heck yeah. Yeah. yeah you go. You know. You go to the KissArmy.com, and you know, you see all that stuff that yeah. you can purchase, and it's like, oh my god. You know, I, I yeah. have. You know, that's like, it's like the uh, the Kiss. Uh, they did a book called Kissery, which was uh, a huge book of their history. I have never opened the box that arrived at that in the mailbox that day. I, I think it's in there. I don't know. I, <laughs> I just never want to open that box. Oh, that's funny. You should. You'd probably enjoy it. You'd probably, you know, like looking at it. <laughs> I just, I just, for some reason, I like the mystery. And, it, you know, it's like when they, when they took their paint off, all of a sudden the mystery was gone. And so I just, yeah. I, it was like, okay, this is my way of keeping the mystery alive. Sure. I get that. I get that. Yeah. So where can people go to find out more about you, Rich? Because, I mean, I, there's, there's a lot of energy in you when it comes to sharing stories. Probably the, the best place. I have an author page on Amazon. That's probably the best place right now to, to see what I'm doing. Um, I don't have a website. I, I really don't do Twitter um, for, for a variety of reasons. Mm-hmm. It just takes too much time yep. to do Twitter. Um, 
and, and go to Rizzoli or you know, BarnesandNoble.com and find the books um, or your local bookshop or comic shop and, and pick it up there. Are we going to see it at any Comic-Cons or anything? Well, uh, for business, not necessarily signing or anything, but I will be. I was at San Diego Comic-Con and I'll be in New York Comic-Con uh, in the fall. Where are you based? You are in? I'm in Charlotte. Charlotte. Okay. Have you ever been to San Diego Comic-Con? No. I've only seen pictures, dude. <laughs> it's it's it's. I love it. Be- it's my favorite con. It's partly because I think there's a certain magic of being at the center of pop culture for that week. Um, the city is gorgeous. If you've never been to San Diego, I mean, um, and it sort of takes over the town because there's a convention center, and right across the street is something called the Gas Lamp District with all the restaurants and bars and everything, and it just fills up with fans. But then, of course, after like day three or four, you're like. Okay, I'm tired. The, the crowds are just kind of getting to me. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, Richard. You got you got to come back to this show anytime in the future. The door is always going to be open for you. Oh, great! I appreciate it. You All take right. care. Well, you be brilliant today, okay? Oh, you too. Bye.